0: Hi, everybody. Today we welcome Kathy. When the pandemic hit, Kathy decided to flee her toxic job in corporate America and become a trauma informed energy worker. But her Salvadoran mom is skeptical of the whole career change. And That puzzles Kathy because she feels that it was her mom's roots that inspired her all along. Let's get into it.
1: My name is Kathy, and I'm originally from Texas, but I was raised in Virginia or the D.C. area. Um, My nationality is Salvadorian, so Central American. And growing up, I called my parents mom and Bobby. My career started in healthcare, so I have a background in healthcare and wellness and um, did it through private practices and then ended up in healthcare, in the corporate healthcare system. Things happen in corporate, so I kind of experienced microaggression, exclusivity, um, and a lot of uh, discrimination, and after a lot of... A lot of burnout and one life-changing mental health breakdown. I left corporate America in March 2020. That is like the big anniversary for me. I always knew that I wanted to be a yoga teacher, always. I always thought of it. It's like, that'll be the job that I do when I retire. But obviously the universe had like different um, plans. And it's just like, but I don't have to retire to do that. I can actually do it now. I put my notice in because there was an incident um, at my job that really just took me out. And not having any support from my leader just really told me, I don't need to be here. And of course, my last day, the world shut down. First and foremost, I needed to really reconnect with myself because uh, the trauma, corporate trauma is real. Yoga really was a catalyst for everything in my life, my healing journey, um, and that catapulted me to being a breathwork guide, a Reiki uh, practitioner now, and also my own trauma and lived experiences really interest me on how I can support and guide people to have tools and, and practices that support them. In that process of healing from corporate trauma, I just decided, like, this is my time. This is an opportunity for me to start doing on, online or live stream classes. And um, I started building my website. How I came out to my parents, I think I did tell them, like, you know what? I, I quit my job. I'm quitting my job. I want to pursue my wellness business. I started teaching in person in here in the area. And... My mom didn't understand my side of, like, my work. It still didn't register for her, like, oh, but, you know, what else are you going to do? And like, but this is what I'm going to do. It's not that I just, you know, teach yoga. It's really helping people reconnect to their body. Like, understanding that don't wait until you end up in the hospital to take care of you. They get to learn not to feel guilty for taking care of themselves. This is what I really do. I make an impact in their lives and emotional, physical, and mental health, their overall well-being. So I'm I'm also like really perplexed also as to why my mom kind of doesn't connect with it anymore because I learned about these things through her, like sobalores and body workers, energy workers. She would go to them when she had issues with her shoulders, issues with her, you know, her arm. I remember going with my mom and she being seen by curanderos, healers. You know, even now she doesn't realize, and I think it's just assimilation to, like some things like, I have a niece and my, you know, when the baby is born, when your hands, putting it over, a hot, you know, the fire of a candle and just like putting it on the belly, putting on the top of the head, the the body. My sister goes, well, what do we do it for? And my mom tells her, she's like, well, you know, you're exchanging, like connecting and exchanging energy with with your daughter. And I'm like, see? And my brother-in-law, they were like, she sounds like Kathy. Yeah, I got it from her. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) If my mom was on the line right now, I would say everything that you, and I'm actually getting emotional. I'd want her to know that my generation and generations forward, for us to break those cycles and live better and do better, I had to learn a different way. Our sacrifices were not in vain, and I wake up every day doing something that I love. I'm not miserable like I used to be. I'm not lost. I bet
0: some of you can relate to Kathy's story. Talking about a career change often means contending with the different views our parents have about what work is and what it isn't and how our ideas differ when it comes to the American dream. So how can we first gens speak with our parents about stuff like corporate trauma and finding purpose in our work, not just paying the bills? How can we explain our need to redefine success for ourselves? To help us out, I did what I always do. I called in an expert.
2: I am Cynthia Pong. Uh, I am a career coach for women of color and also the founder of Embrace Change, which is a coaching and consulting firm. We specialize in getting people of color the money, power, and respect that we deserve in the workplace. So same question always to
0: get us going. You listen to Kathy's story. What did you hear?
2: Oh, I heard a very common and resonant journey. I mean, the starting in healthcare. So many of us, first gen, second gen folks, like in immigrant households, that whole thing. We want to go into the helping professions, and that's the first thing that struck me. Classic kind of move there, because we are so community oriented and focused a lot of the time. And then the the migration, if you will, into corporate. A corporate America, quote unquote, and then the racial trauma and the workplace corporate trauma that happened there. I mean, I hear about that literally every day of every week, You're like, like every week, then that catalyzing moment of when the pandemic hit to be like, this is not what I want to be doing. This is not where I want to be and, and making that move. So that's what I heard. Let's get the vocabulary portion of the program out of the way. Can you help us understand corporate trauma? the way I think about it is when we work in a corporate environment, which is very heavily steeped in white supremacy culture and capitalistic culture, Western Eurocentric norms, that's traumatic. Mm. And not only for people of color and immigrants and first-gen folks in that environment, it's really traumatic for everybody, including white folks in that environment. It just looks different ways and I think it feels different ways. Um, But there's harmful effects of that. When we're in a day-to-day, 24-7, you got to grind for the bottom line. Where's the ROI? How do I make my money? How is this going to help shareholders? All of that stuff is very harmful and not like a natural way of being for any of us, for any human beings. So I think about that a lot. And frankly, I think of my work as harm reduction. This is a little bit of a tangent, but I I don't see kind of the capitalistic white supremacy working worlds falling away anytime soon in my lifetime. It's an empire. (laughs) It's absolutely. And there's so many intertwined systems simply designed to uphold it from all directions. And so for people of color and women of color specifically, like I don't want to see us losing out In that world. So it's this weird position that I'm in where I like try to help support people in their careers and help them negotiate more money and things like that. At the same time, recognizing that I don't actually even believe in any of this that we're all doing. Like, I want to dismantle the system too. (laughs) So, are there specific ways in which corporate
0: trauma impacts women of color like Kathy?
2: It's hard to say without having a longer conversation with Kathy, but if I could kind of take a guess at it, I think one is exhaustion and fatigue because we always have to deliver and deliver and deliver and over deliver and do more and more and bigger is better. All of that. So the grind aspect of it is very harmful for our psyche, our mental and physical health. We're probably losing years on our life, you know, grinding away for the man because We are not prioritizing our well-being. We're not prioritizing being outside, drinking water, taking enough bio breaks. I mean, it's as mundane as that. But I know i got clients that just work and work and work and work. Then they go home and they do the homework, the housework. And then they sleep for as few hours as humanly possible. And they get up and they do it again. So that would be the main kind of ways that I think that manifests and impacts us negatively. Okay, so here's a riddle for you, because a lot of first gens like Kathy
0: are coming from immigrant parents who idealized and to some extent idolized the corporate American ladder as the way to the American dream. So how do you even begin to talk to your parents about all of that, which you just explained to us, as they are experiencing it?
2: I know it. it's so true because that is the symbol of like, quote unquote, making it. You land, you climb that ladder, you keep your head down, you work hard, you keep climbing, keep climbing that ladder. And how do you talk to your parents? I mean, it's, it's so difficult and so fraught because the piece of what Kathy shared that also really sat with me was when she was like, and it's the assimilation and that piece of it. And I was like, yes, because our folks who have come here as immigrants, there's so much of this rhetoric that we all buy into about the like American dream and like what success means and these very defined in the box definitions of success. And our parents have to buy into that in order to do, I think, some of the harder things that it takes and the sacrifice to help set us up. So I think like, you know, explaining it in a way that demonstrates that you hear and you understand and you can empathize with your parents, like literally reflecting back words that they say. It's a negotiation strategy, but can help in this scenario. So you're literally saying to your parents, like, I hear what you're saying. Like, I hear the word that you just used to me. And I understand. And also, (laughs) this is where I'm at. So part of what getting off the corporate
0: track does is it lessens the prestige of the work that our parents have put in because you're no longer the trophy that they were molding you to be as a successful first-gen hyphenated American child. It's much harder for them to explain how it is that you are successful and therefore how it is that they've succeeded in making you successful.
2: That is so deep. that, like thinking about children as an extension of oneself. I mean, that that I would argue is a problematic way to think of it as well. But yeah. But it's intrinsic, though, to many of our cultures, especially in the U.S. Yes. It requires the parents to, in a way, be actively rejecting and them going against the grain of, no, this is also success. Like Kathy is also success. And that requires having to undo a lot of those beliefs that we have bought into, literally and figuratively, and that's hard. So it does, in, in this way, I think the, the children become the catalyst for the parents to either grow or not grow, to kind of either expand or not expand their idea of what is a good life, quote unquote, what is a right life, and for them to also stand proudly in that in the face of a community that may not think that way. All right. So let's think about sort of like the stages of
0: this. So Kathy quits her corporate job. The world falls apart. She makes a path to her professional and spiritual and personal happiness. And mom just doesn't get it. How much responsibility does Kathy bear for helping her mom get it? And how much responsibility does she bear for just being happy?
2: Oh, my goodness. Um, I would say that Kathy bears responsibility for herself and her own definition of happiness and her own relationship with herself first and foremost, which I know is difficult and also feels very weirdly individualistic and kind of Americanized in and of itself. And also, all we are responsible for, all we can control is ourselves and our thoughts and our behaviors and our reactions. Um, So I would say, sure, Kathy is responsible for making what I'll call is so legally is like lawyer to say, but a reasonable effort, a good faith effort <laughs> <laughs> to explain to Kathy's mom, you know, that this is what the situation is. At the end of the day, it's Kathy's mom's decision what to do with that. Um, one thing I'll share that, I don't know, may or may not be an overshare, but in my own kind of grappling with differences of opinion, With my parents, the thing that really was the light bulb switch, Julika, was demonstrating to my parents that I had a community of support and that there was external affirmation for what I was doing and kind of, yeah, like a different display of success, you know, and it was that peer pressure, essentially, of them seeing that their peers in their generation and in their community thought that what I was doing was cool and great. That got them on board. Actually, that's a perfect segue because Kathy has that with her sister and
0: her brother-in-law. They see the things that she's doing, the choices that she's making, how she's living out her own dream and her own purpose, and they go, that's a lot like what
2: mom used to do. Exactly. And it's like, she's like, I know, but she doesn't get it. Yes. I mean, and so I think that's the beginnings of it. And also sometimes you got to go out of the friends and family circle. If you have... This almost sounds like talking about PR, like public relations, because it's third-party validation. (laughs) Like, Kathy basically has to do a mini-PR campaign, demonstrate that the healing business and the healing work is super legitimate and is making impact. And, like, if enough of that happens and Kathy really stays true to the calling and the dream and the mission, then I I do think eventually Kathy's mom was going to get on board.
0: I mean... I I love so many parts of this testimonial because to me, it really, it represents so many things like Mm -hmm. standing in your own power and in your own authority to be declarative about who you want to be in the world. You know, like I admire that so fundamentally in people because that's how you get free. And then that's how you, by example, give other people a chance
2: to get free also. That is super powerful and That's how I think we can really dig into and strengthen our own relationship with ourselves, which is in a way the most important relationship in our entire life. And you're absolutely right. This is like being able to stand in your power in that way and declare it unapologetically is going to empower other people to do the same. And that ripple effect, that to me is not only leadership, but it's like transformational movement work.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, 100% agree. 100% agree. All right. Final question is, what did I miss that I didn't know to ask you that is relevant here?
2: I, the, you know, what What really got me in, in what Kathy shared at the end too was the like, I am not lost part. We are not lost. Even when we feel lost, we're not. We're making the path by continuing forward even when it feels like we're going in circles or even when it feels like we're stagnant, we aren't. And I think we all have to kind of reckon with that ourselves and recognize us for what we are doing and the wild thing about Kathy's story too is that it's almost like full circle it's not even a newer different way in a sense because Kathy is tapping into ancestral ways and wisdom yes and yes that's what that her mother exposed her to I know (laughs) yeah yeah I had to sit with that one And also generational trauma and generational healing. It's all intertwined in one big kind of messy thing, but that's the beauty of life also in a way. Cynthia, thank you so much for coming back. Oh, what a joy to talk to you. Likewise. I always love being here. Thank you for the work you all are doing. It is powerful.
0: That was a word. Here's what we learned from Cynthia today. Reflect back their words. Use this negotiation tactic to show your parents that while you are choosing a different career path, you understand and empathize with their experiences in this country. Enlist third parties. If recognition and status are important to them, highlight to your parents the many ways other people see and value the impact of your work. And remember, make a reasonable effort. Explain your career transition in good faith. But keep in mind that ultimately, you're only responsible for yourself, your thoughts, and your own behaviors. And conversely, your parents are responsible for theirs. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing us. How to Talk to Mommy and Papi About Anything is an original production of LWC Studios. Virginia Lora is the show's producer. Kojin Tashiro is our mixer. Manuela Bedoya is our marketing lead. I'm the creator, Julie Lantigua. On Twitter and Instagram, we're at Talk to Mommy Papi. Bye, everybody.
1: Same place next week.